Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks, whether you're on the Open Life Church app or you're listening through iTunes. You know, we know that life can be overwhelming, but we found that true life and peace of mind can come from a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for taking the time to listen or watch today's talk. You know, this is part of our James Summer Series, and so we are walking through the book of James verse by verse. We also have some additional resources that we want to put in your hands. Go to any app store, download the Open Life Church app, then from the front, front page, make sure you click on the button open daily. And we have some cool daily devotionals that we want you to read along according to each week that you're listening to or part of. So we encourage you to do that. Here is today's talk. James 3, 1 through 12 is where we're at. So we're into James 3, verse 1. And it's um, all about a subject that is going to resonate with all of us in the world we live in today. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go uh, Wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot go, chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No. You can draw fresh water. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Wow. So he made his point clear, right? Illustration after illustration after illustration after illustration. James addresses something we deal with today stronger through more communication channels, through more methods, controlling this thing called human speech. It's really tough to rein in. It's really tough not to try to be cynical or, or funny and offend someone or uh, just say things that would absolutely enrage those around you. Whoever said this phrase, sticks and stones would break my bones, but words could never hurt me, they were a liar, right? I mean, haven't we all been hurt by words deeply in a way that wrecked our sleep or made us anxious and concerned about getting together with someone and having a, a tough conversation. And we, we get that. We get that. So our big idea, which James 
is really, it's his big idea here is words matter. Words matter. Social media has projected this, this thing called words to a whole new level. A couple stories that we thought of when we were putting this talk together is in the reality of just how quick your life can, can be destroyed by a mistaken word, right? Um, you'd think if you only had 170 Twitter followers, if you sent a tweet that was somewhat inappropriate and offensive, that you would not lose, like, the ability to go into public very easily. But uh, when you post something before an 11-hour flight that is careless and could be offensive, it could go viral. In fact, it did for Justine Seiko. She posted this tweet, um, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, just kidding, I'm white. 170 followers, but one of them shared it in offense. And then they shared it in offense. And they shared it in offense. And before she got on the plane, she got no notifications. But when she departed the plane, she was blown up with her family and friends saying, take that down, take that down. But you know, on the internet, once it's out there, you screenshot and you can't you can't remove it and she was her face was everywhere it was on all the news stations it was ruining her life she loses her job nightmare nightmare um all she had was 170 followers before that on october 1st 2017 Stephen Paddock opened fire on a crowd attending a music festival in Las Vegas, killing 59 people and wounding 500. The next day, Haley Geftman Gold, vice president and senior legal consult at CBS, took to Facebook, calling some of the shooting victim Republican gun toters. She posted this on Facebook. Claimed they didn't deserve sympathy. Said she doubted the, the repugs in power would do the right thing. CBS immediately fired her. Released a statement that read, The individual who was with us for approximately one year violated the standards of our company and is no longer an employee of CBS. Her views, as expressed on social media, deeply unacceptable. To all of us at CBS, our hearts go out to the victims in Las Vegas and their families. Her comments, just in a moment, words, sent out, offense, life change. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Man, if ever we've been in a season where we needed to check our words, think about them before we send them, write them, submit them, say them. It's, it's time is now. Interesting as you... Uh, stick with the theme here of CBS. There was a news anchor named Michelle, I don't know how you pronounce the name, 
Geelan, Geelan, something like that, G-I-E-L-A-N. Um, she turned psychologist after all the speech and all the talk and all the broadcasting she was doing. And, and she founded this Positive Research Institute. And Allie Cole sent us an email after the first week of this series, or the second week of this series, where we looked at James 1.19, which says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. It was about that subject. And she goes, oh man, funny you say that. I just got this blog from my work today. And Michelle writes in this blog, she says, I studied the impact of our word choice on everything from relationships to business goals. In short, our research has found that broadcasting negativity decreases meaningful connection with others. Meanwhile, focusing on sharing an empowering, optimistic vision at work positively impacts other people's thinking and fuels individual and collective business outcomes, including increased sales by 37%, productivity by 31%, profits by 50%, and decreasing the negative effects of stress by 23%. Here was her challenge. Nowhere is your, powerful, your power to meaningfully influence others more evident than at the start of an interaction, a verbal interaction. The way we start off conversations, meetings, emails, and phone calls often predicts how they unfold. In one study, researchers asked participants to take a language test. During the fake language test, they were either exposed to rude words like obnoxious. <laughs> That's a rude word, right? Okay, or polite words like respect. After the test, they were put into a situation one by one in which they could be either polite or rude. Participants who had been exposed to rude words were nearly 50% more likely to interrupt, whereas the majority of the polite participants waited their turn to speak. What we talk about changes not only other people's focus, but subsequently their behavior. Isn't that intriguing? It's so intriguing to me that our words matter so deeply they can affect the behavior. And I don't know if you're like me, the, the common phrase, you know, hey, how you doing? It's a neutral question, right? It's just like, I don't have anything else to say, so I'm going to ask how you're doing. That's kind of what we do. And it happened to me this week. We were in a coffee shop. Somebody was walking by. We might have been prepping for this. It's Starbucks, my office. And, uh, and so we were wa somebody was walking by, and they were like, hey, Thad, how you doing? I was like, great, how are and by the time I was asking anything back, gone, right? It wasn't even a real question. It's just a habit. But how are you doing? And I was like, you know, I was trying to come up with like a phrase back. Man, the day is sunny. You're just trying to come up with like, ate a great breakfast today. I just throw something out that's different to like, they go, what? You know, that's the challenge we have is like, man, can I turn this positive? Can I say something that would, man, just jolt somebody out of routine and, and, and watch their day get better? Because oftentimes we're like, man, I'm sure busy. Not feeling that good today. Too hot. And so then what's the mood of that conversation? Yeah, it is hot. You know, and it's just kind of you reflect the spirit. So what if we could make that go up? And it starts with a word, a demeanor. James is going after that in the world of the church. And he really has three thoughts for us in the context of this that we're going to unpack today. We're going to dive in and see what is his challenge. And first is to a pretty direct audience. Thought one is not all 
are teachers. Like not everyone's a teacher. There's an issue with teaching. Um, and this is speaking directly to those who were preaching and teaching scripture. And I would say now it even applies to worshipers, worship leaders. Anybody who has a mic is on a stage or is broadcasted, right? There's something that draws people in to want to be in front of other people. And we attach maturity or calling or like desire and pursuit to, well, I want to be the one in front. Not everybody. Some people are like deathly scared of being in front of others. Um, But it's like there is a draw for some to decide, I'm going to be a teacher. This is what one commentary said about this passage. It said, to be a teacher was to occupy a position with prestige and authority within the Christian community in the early church. Because of this, many people aspired to be teachers, obviously crowding into the ministry for wrong reasons. And it is for this reason that James warns about the serious responsibilities as well as the consequences of being a teacher. We're told here that there is a temptation to think that our next step in maturity or involvement in faith is one that leads to us being seen when the most important adventure we take as followers of Jesus is to serve. Like that's the next step. It's like, okay, it's going to go from being about me to being about we, being about each other, being about others. That's the turn God's trying to stir in us. It's from being loved to being loving. And the temptation is to attach or aspire to something that we're not called to. It's like God understood that we would have a unique contribution to the body of Christ. He understood that each of us had our own strengths. And he even dialogues through scripture about this. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ, right? Some of us are a joint, and some of us are a finger, some of us are an elbow, some of us are a heart, some of us are eyes, ears, head. Paul, when writing to the Corinthian church, expounded on about on and on about this in specifically 1 Corinthians 12. You can read the whole thing. And, and he eventually gets to this moment where he sets each person's gift and role and strength and calling is indispensable. What a great word for you. Like honestly, God's perception of you, each and every one of you, indispensable, irreplaceable, original. That's affirming, isn't it? To know, like, I'm indispensable. With all your faults, with all your strengths, your unique giftings, indispensable. And I love that. It doesn't matter. But driving the trailer, Justin, driving and setting up signs, indispensable today, right? You might think, well, I just have a hitch on my pickup. No, this is possible because you served. That's how easy that is, right? Serving in children's, indispensable. Pouring into these young lives the love of God. And today they're eating watermelon and it means something. I don't know. But they're having fun, right? Indispensable. Running the slides on the computer or sound or playing at the car or drums or singing. and Indispensable. It's way bigger than just a skill. 
God is using you. And so we can't just elevate this thing of teaching or preaching, right? It goes on, Ephesians 4.11 says, These are the gifts Christ gave to his church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. And we look at this, these callings on people that are sent out and called to, to even raise up the church. And this dangerous trend exists in the Christian faith today where everybody would assume man I've led a small group in my home I should just call this church and take on the role of preaching and teaching but are you called to do this can you forsake the gathering and the church and just be calling your home thing that you do church God warns about that and this is James kind of hitting on it no, I've specific, God's like, I've specifically called individuals to this role of expounding on the word so that it empowers people to go and make a difference in their community, their neighborhood, their work, their family. This is a gift to you from God. And you look at that role that church plays in our lives and you go, oh man, it's a little bigger than just opening our Bible. It's like this gift to make it make sense to specifically us. It's a beautiful thing that God does for us. And the accountability, therefore, of that role is so highly magnified that we should not consider our, all of ourselves teachers and preachers or apostles or prophets in these roles that God has given the church. High accountability, high expectation. But yet we all have a story, so let me balance this out because then you could be afraid to ever blog again or tweet again or share something on Facebook. You're like, well, yeah, good point. Never going to say anything stupid again, right? Uh, good luck, right? <laughs> good luck. If you ever talk again, you're going to say something stupid again. It's just what we do. And some of us get an opportunity to say more stupid stuff than others. And I look at this and I go... So what is, what is the challenge? We've all got a story, a story we're supposed to share. This is not speaking about witnessing as it writes in Scripture, which maybe we would call sharing your story. The reality is we're still called to witness. We're called to say, I'm growing in this way. This challenges me where I'm at. It, it, that's not you taking the office of teacher and putting yourself in a place of high accountability in that moment. This is just saying your challenge is to still share your story, but think as to whether you're actually called before you take a mic and a stage. That's why we love this open daily devotional we're doing during the summer, is because we think it's powerful to hear from you and what God challenges you, how you relate to different passages in James as we're walking through them. It's cool to hear your perspective and what journey God has taken you through a different passage in Scripture. And so that is encouraged. We're not saying, there's only two of you just really write those because you need to be a teacher. <laughs> no. You're still called to share your journey and your story. But God, here through James, is warning of people that were crowding the pulpit. Everybody thought they were the teacher. And he was bringing that into alignment. Second thought he draws, so that's just verse one. Verse two, then he jumps into we all. 
make mistakes, right? We all make mistakes. Specifically with our tongue, with the words we say. We make errors. It just occurs. And we hit on this a few weeks ago. And you can go back and watch the messages in the series of James that are on video on your app. You can download it, watch it anytime. But James 1.26, James said before already, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. See, God, we need God's help. But we also have to work hard to control our tongue. We shared in that talk the proverb, a wise man's words express deep thought. Are we thinking before we talk? Are we pausing? Are we giving ourselves a a pause before we speak? Because we're going to say things that hurt people. And maybe it's because of your role. Maybe you find yourself in authority over others and you have to make some cutbacks. And you're going to be the person that has to verbalize, you're fired. Right? Was that, my, that was my best impersonation. Anyway, so, you know, but you got to, maybe you're the person that has to let someone go. Danny's laughing. I, I just, I can see just your silhouette, but I can tell you had the shoulder shuggle. The <laughs> hup-hup's going on back there. But anyway, she loves it when I do Trump impersonations, so I'll just keep going. Thanks for the encouragement. <laughs> the uh, reality of this is you might be in a role where you are having to give bad news to somebody and they're going to attribute then to you the bad you're going to offend people even if you didn't want to be the person in the seat other times you're just going to be trying to be funny in the room and you're going to insult somebody accidentally unbeknownst to you and other times you're going to be mad like this is, our son can really do good at this. He, he's just like, I am angry. What's my choice? Punch you or say every naughty thing I could think of to say right now in this instant, right? And they are going to, they do both. That's my little Tasmanian devil. So it's just like, wow, what's going on? Who taught you that word? <laughs> and who taught you to dance like that? You know, it's kind of like, wow, stay off YouTube. Moving on. We need to really watch because the reality is we're going to offend people. So we need to be great at saying, I'm sorry for this. Will you forgive me? Re-engage, for those of you married, is powerful for doing this. And I know Jaden pointed it out. You can go to the Next Steps page or sign up at the table. We did a physical sign up for those of you who don't have technology. Yeah, you, you could sign up for re-engage. You do not want to miss this because it will teach you how to communicate better, specifically when you do this because in marriage, you talk enough with each other or don't talk enough with each other that you need to learn how to apologize, confess, forgive, plead for mercy, right? And that's a challenge for us in each other's relationships as well. We're going to say words that hurt and we need to humble ourselves admit our faults, look at us in the circle of our own responsibility, arrows in, and watch the impact that makes on those around us. Proverbs 29 says, 20, verse 9, says this, Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure and free from sin? Obvious answer, not I, (laughs) right? 
And then 1 John 1.8 kind of hits on it again from a New Testament perspective. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. We're going to mess up with our mouths and our lives. Remember the big question, right, that we asked in the second week of living in peace. This spring, during that series, we asked the big question, what is your part in the conflict? What is your part in the conflict? What's going on on this slippery slope of conflict? How did I offend this person? What's my role? I'm responsible for the 2%, even if 98% of it is their fault. My full focus needs to be the plank in my own eye. Do a log hunt. Don't assume that you had no responsibility and your words didn't hurt somebody. Accept responsibility. That's the challenge. We are going to mess up with our mouths. Admit your faults and move on. Thought three. The tongue is a window to the heart. All these illustrations about the fire and the spark and the, the rudder and the bit in a horse's mouth. I grew up on a farm. We literally plowed our ground with old school wooden handled plows that go down into the ground when Chubbs and Nipper are two draft horses. Must have been cold when we named the second one. But anyway, Chubbs and Nipper would be harnessed up. They had bits in their mouth and my dad would be... And holding this plow and like chasing these horses. It was crazy. Now that I think back on it, because I'm so young. It's not like we were settlers or, you know. But you watch this happen and you're going, this is a powerful illustration. To me, it makes sense, the bit. Man, you just pull on that rein and you watch the horses turn in unison, two of them. But these illustrations are here to show us that there's something else that like comes up from within us that is being revealed here. Jesus taught it this way. He said in Luke 6, 43 through 45, a good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes. Grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of good, of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So this tool that our heart uses makes us make mistakes. And maybe you're one that has been impacted by those mistakes before. So one of the things and responsibilities of a pastor, when you read a scripture that says, we worship God with this tongue, and then we curse people with that same tongue, one of my honors and responsibilities is to say, I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry Whatever church it was, wherever you were at, and whatever that other person that was a Christian did or said to you that hurt, that you still hold on to and wonder, when is that going to happen here at Open Life? Hopefully never. But I'm sorry still that you had to go through that. I'm sorry for that Christian in your life that 
did whatever it was they did to you or said whatever it was they said to you on behalf of, from God to you, I'm sorry. Right? Because that's never been his intent with the tongue. His intent is that out of this heart filled with love and the things of God would flow out life. But when we put evil in and evil comes out, it stinks. But when we put good in and good comes out, lives are changed. Lives become transformed. In fact, we become what we never could have otherwise. So when I'm reading the text like this, and I realize I have an opportunity to constantly feed my heart good, whether it's through open daily and daily reading scriptures and thoughts on scripture, whether it's reading my Bible personally, whether it's attending church and taking notes so that I can study them during the course of the week and own it and put it into action, this right here, if I can transform this, then I'm going to have a great advantage on this evil thing that sits here in between my lips. It's a challenge, though. You were designed to be life givers, not life takers. And if you don't discipline your heart, your tongue's going to take when it should be giving. And if we don't discipline our heart, then we're going to be against people instead of for them. God's called us to be for people and speak for people and to stand against, not to stand against, but to stand for. And if we mistake, we'll say judging things and it'll be ugly. He wants life to flow from us. Luke 6, 28 says, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Even when it's against us, even when we're in the fire, he still wants us to allow this to speak life out of this. Romans 12, 14, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. It has to begin here. The best thing we can do is put good in so that good can flow out and overflow. So our action point today, the challenge from this, is kind of a symbol-sounding thing. Purify the spring. Because it says you can't get pure water out of, out of salt water, right? So if this spring, if we're putting evil in, we're going to get evil out. And I don't know if you've ever drank salt water accidentally maybe you've been wrecked by a wave or or you know we have a salt water pool or one time I was on a beach low tide I was exploring and I was you know in my teens maybe maybe not quite my teens maybe middle schoolish and I'm walking around and and there's gooey duck hunters out there and I'm just going oh fun cool and they're like you can even grab them you know, just grab them and you'll catch them. And I'm like, so cool. I'm going to do that. Gross. Yeah. And so I see this little motion in the sand. And I'm like, there's one there. I'm going to get it. And I remember reaching down and grabbing this gooey duck by the neck in the sand, right? And it was the most sick, slimy feeling, disgusting thing. The first time I'd ever done it. And I was just like, I just remember going, ah, like that when I grabbed it. And you know what that gooey duck did? It spit in my mouth. It's salt water. comes up out of the sand right into my mouth. And it was sick. 
And I think sometimes people become open to the things of God or what God is stirring in our life. And they reach out to see what it is. And what they get is salty. And it's like, oh, oh, I'm not a church person. It tastes weird. Or, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not all about Jesus. It's a little off. You know, it's a little, this Jesus is a little too strong. But really what they just got was some salt. When God intends this refreshing water that gives life. I think talking to the woman at the well, Jesus says that it's, it's water that will never leave you thirsty again. Like that's what God wants us to be pouring into people. So I wanna pray for us. I wanna pray for our mouths. I wanna pray for the words that exit, which is actually then me praying for our heart. And we're gonna flip over that connect card and respond while the worship team's playing here in a second. Just share what God is doing in your world, what your response is to today. Then Ed's gonna close us out with a sharing about that giving envelope and we're gonna eat donuts today. It's donut day, the last Sunday of the month. I'd love for you to stick around and meet each other. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you give us the, the awareness and such an emphasis like John 3, 1 through 12, that we've got this thing inside our mouth that can cause us to stumble. And therefore, it can offend others and cause them to stumble. I pray that, Lord, you would come and touch our heart. And Lord, you've made it very evident that we have the tools in our pocket now with mobile phones that we can use to hurt people and offend people or the tools to pour into our heart. We can read our Bible on there. We can do daily devotionals on there. We can speak life to others through there. I pray that God, you will give us a pure heart, that we could purify the spring and out of the spring of our heart would flow life, speak words that build others up, Bless those who curse us. Pray for those who hurt us. God, make us the givers of life to people here, across the street, and around the world. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come here today. And for those that have yet to cross that line of faith so that their heart could be an outflow versus an inflow, I pray that, God, they would make that decision right now and, and invite Jesus into their life. If that's you, simply say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to learn what it is to follow you. I want to be more like you, and I want to be one that would be for people and speak life to those around me. So transform my heart. God, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks once again for engaging with today's talk. You know, if you're listening on the Open Life Church app or through the message archive, you can fill out a connect card. Let us know that you're listening, and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. So make sure you fill that out there. Again, you, from the front page of our Open Life Church app, we have some additional resources, a daily devotional that we want you to be able to have in your hands. So click on that button, open daily, and be encouraged by other people at Open Life who are engaging with the book of James as well. Thanks again for being part of what Open Life is doing, and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen or watch here at Open Life Church.